When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was a good waste of 10 minutes, right? <laughs> Not quite. Sparkcast. Sparkcast. Nothing but Sparkcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we forgot to do all this stuff because it's been a long time. <laughs> and we're silly. <laughs> Welcome to Spotcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined as usual by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Jonathan Kuline from the nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario. Hey, we're back. Woohoo. All right. It's been a while. It's been a while. But we're back. We're back to talk about some short subjects today. Um, well, one yeah. long subject and one short subject. Did I say this is episode 27? I didn't say that, did I? Uh, no. Oh, by the way, this is episode 27. Oh, welcome to episode 27. Welcome to episode 27. <laughs> of the, yeah. No, we don't say that on this show. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what do we say? I, I don't know. I could go back and listen. You anyway, just, just listened to an episode, to man. I thought you knew. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't I was, remember. It, <laughs> it was a two-hour episode. I don't remember what happened two hours ago. Come Here's on. Here's some real-time know? fact check. So episode 26, yeah. Avengers, The Empire Strikes Back, was on May 15th of 2018. So that's where we're a little yeah. rusty because we've had a hiatus just like like many shows have had their uh, season hiatuses. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So how is it? Are you in, are you in a hotel, John? Yep. You did say, okay. So, Sheraton, okay. Ottawa, live from the Ottawa Sheraton. I think I've actually been in that one, actually. Yeah. 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 You like right downtown? Yep. Yeah. Like a uh, block south of the, of the hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think I went to a wedding there. I think you're, uh, well, not your cousin, I guess. You're not your pseudo cousin, uh, Sarah. Ah, yes. Unofficial I, I believe she was married there, so ah. or receptioned there. Mm-hmm. Something there. I don't know. I think we've stayed in that hotel a couple of times. Or near there, anyway. They're all the same. So, anyway, so, yeah, we just we did some... I, I did some fact check just while I was listening, because that's why I was listening, of course. Um, at around 7.10 on the show, we discussed the... I discussed the Poseidon Adventure as possibly being a movie by Irwin Allen, because we were talking about all the sort of properties that he did. And I don't believe that uh, the Poseidon Adventure was a movie by Irwin now and so i checked it couldn't find couldn't figure that out um and Jonathan mentioned uh, he would really, really like on his Christmas list a Jared Leto action figure from Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> and in fact, you can get a Jared Leto action figure from Blade Runner 2049. In fact, I just checked. You can get the... Um, Does it come with this? real stabbing action? No, I, I don't know. But the 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 other character, I've forgotten, the other uh, robot that he, or I'm uh, sorry, replicant that he sends out to kill everybody. Yeah. Um, you, they come in a pair, those two to come together. And um, oh, what's the name? Deckard and K come yep. as, a, as a pair, right? And it's interesting because I, you know, I went online and, and in stock they have them for thirty nine dollars on some on the, the site that where they're manufactured, Nemco or something like that. Um, but of course, there's a fact check for next time. But uh, um, on Amazon or it's not on Amazon, uh, yeah, Amazon Amazon dot com, they're selling them for like two hundred and thirty nine dollars. So like, I guess somebody's trying to make a few bucks on this thing, right? So yeah. 
they're just action figures from a movie like one of two out of three of us didn't see until it was like really really late in the game right it's like so, oh look it's harrison ford in a t-shirt and jeans <laughs> and he's like old what's going on here yeah does he come and with actually, real real moping action as opposed to real stabbing action yeah yeah so we were we were goofing, goofing around on the last show and um we were again we had it was another one where we had quite a, a hiatus because before that was the uh black panther movie and then the reason we came back to the last time was was for infinity gauntlet avengers avengers infinity gauntlet and infinity also because, war infinity war thank you war oh i see right right um and uh also because uh jaime had finally watched blade runner 2049 but uh, at one point we were getting all confused and jaime sort of said we should have a recap called last time on spotcast so last time on spotcast we discussed westworld coming back and and i hadn't watched it i have watched it now um i'm guessing that jaime hasn't watched it yet right not season using, two using the two out of three things so sure so jonathan should we should we talk about westworld now or well it depends on how bad you want to mess up jaime's night i guess well so. <laughs> yeah I mean, well, it's we been a while. Sort of, we Do we want to sort of, ease it back in for him, or are we just going to well, dive we can, right we in? Can just, we can just kind of skirt around. I mean, because for me, if I can, just for a minute, I, I found it a little bit more confusing than the first first one. It just sort of seemed more like um, the reverse of The Walking Dead for the whole season, it seemed, you know? Um, lots of vengeance is mine and kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't, there wasn't as much, you know, um, hidden. They weren't playing with the, with the timelines as much in the first season. So I found it, you know, it was interesting, but in some ways, is weaker than the first season i guess i don't know what did you think yeah i started out very enthusiastic on it i was uh i really enjoyed season one and i i really enjoy a lot of the performers that are on that show um but i really found like it fizzled for me towards the end i think when we talked about it the season was sort of um early or midway and i was still feeling very bullish on it um, yeah but i think as it went on i felt more and more like it was a lot of build-up for a very little amount of delivery which is disappointing yeah. Because there's so many great elements. That being said, where it ends up, and I will not completely spoil it for Hamid, but where the season ends and the bridge to season three did have me very much intrigued. Um, The fact that they seem like they're going to explore more going forward and the wider world and sort of um, what's beyond the park in some interesting ways. Uh, In spite of the fact that the season didn't quite deliver on all the buildup, I'm excited about where they can go next because even the little tastes we got of what's beyond seem really really intriguing and i thought as convoluted as the resolution was in the final episode of you know who ended up where and everything else i found that i was really interested in okay so now there's a larger world where do we go from here so i'm keen to see how they build on that it could be a recipe for disaster it could be uh, it's not going to work outside of that west world uh but I think it could be really cool if they can do it right. And with the amount of talent on the creative side and on the performance side, I have a tough time imagining they won't go some really neat places with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I keep coming back to the, the, the idea in my head of, you know, the, you remember, what was that Berkeley breathed? Or was it Berkeley breathed had the banana 2000 computer? Yeah. Right. That it was, pl- and it, it becomes sentient and starts to walk out of the room until it unplugs itself. Yeah. Yeah. And falls over. Uh, well, and, to, for, for Jaime, we'll bring it back to, do you remember the episode of, uh, T- TNG Jaime, where uh, the the bad guys have got 
you know, in what yet another of the great something's gone wrong inside the holodeck where the bad guys decide they're going to walk out of the holodeck and it's, oh no, you can't do this to me. I'm Cyrus Redblock. Uh, you know, that mm-hmm. there was a, an element of that too of, you know, can those characters exist outside of the world that is the only world they've ever known, right? Right. So, could be cool. Well, have you seen any of it, Jaime? I've only seen season one. Oh, so you saw the episode where, where she finally escapes and gets on the train and then and then realizes she makes it like halfway away from the station and decides she has to go back. Right. I think right. to go get her daughter or something like that, right? So, mm-hmm. I kind of wondered what would happen when she got past a certain point, but, but she doesn't go past that point. Anywho. Season um, two, a lot of looking for the daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the other thing we talked about on last time on Spotcast was Jessica Jones. And, and again, I had watched it and you had only watched one or two or three, se- three episodes of season two. Yeah. So you, you watch the rest of it now? Nope. You still nope. haven't watched it? It's still nope. on your PVR list. Okay. I, all right. uh, no, we talked about it uh, last week. So I sort of worked on catching up on some of my summer delayed shows. I did finally catch up and watch all of season two of Legion. Um, and I did work my way through a few a few other programs that I had been sort of putting off. But uh, the Marvel Netflix shows, because they're so um, non-PVR filling, they do tend to be the things that fall to the bottom of the list, no matter how much I right. anticipate yeah. Yeah. enjoying them. Knowing yep. that they're there and that they're not going anywhere, it it, uh, it actually works against them in my in my timescape. See, it's funny for me. Like I know I've got a big drive on my PVR, but um, I only I I've got it set to race after two weeks. So if I don't, if I catch if I I walk record something and i don't watch it in two weeks it's gone i mean i do that every now and then i'll think oh i want to watch this movie and come back to it and then two weeks later i've forgotten it was there yeah so. I, I still have season one let alone season two of handmaid's tale on my pvr really well, and have not gotten to either of those in spite of you know countless you haven't watched any of it not a single moment of it wow uh, i'm not proud of it but there it is Man, oh man. All right. Um, of course, we talked about Lost in Space quite a bit last time, and we also talked about the Infinity War. We did a spoiler-free and a spoiler version of the, the review there. Yeah, so, Jaime, did you watch uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp? Have you, you're up to speed on uh, the latest Marvel adventure? No, I need to, I need to catch up on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what shows we did watch. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. On our list here, so I saw one episode of season two of Jessica Jones. Okay. It, I don't know. That one that one episode didn't grip me, so I didn't binge no. through. Not seen uh-huh. Lost in Space. Uh we did see Avengers Infinity War in twenty forty nine. Yeah. Um, we also talked about the viewer guide, which is why I put that there, the, the Voyager viewing guide. Oh right, right. Yeah. I've uh, I actually have been watching a little bit of Voyager here and there as sort of a mm-hmm. late night unwinding and go through and say yeah, I didn't use the guide, which probably would have been a, a better way. Yeah. Just sort of looked at the, the synopsis on Netflix, which is they're always terrible. It's always hard to tell what's gonna happen and see if I can remember if it was a good episode. Yeah, actually, I wanted to actually, you just reminded me of something which is kind of off topic. But so on Space TV here, which is, you know, owned by Bell Media, um, they play Star Trek continually. Like like you can get the, T- the TOS, the original series, you can get the next generation, you can get Voyager. So I've been watching a bit of Voyager too. And um, but what I really want to talk about space is they got rid of the the uh, magazine show that I watched forever. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, 
Inner space. Inner space, yeah, with Teddy and Morgan and A.J. Fry. Yeah, and one of my um, uh, acquaintances, Mark Asquith, was the producer, and he lost his job, unfortunately, as well. Really? They, they all just got canned or whatever or yeah. closed down? Yeah. I don't know what the story was, because that was a great show, because it, kind of, it kind of was a, a recap of you know what people were watching. I mean, in fact, I think they even started the After Black thing on with Orphan Black, which led off to after, you know, the, the Talking Dead and uh, all, you know, After Trek and that sort of format where, you know, they would have the stars of the show come on and talk about uh, thing. And I, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that uh, if it wasn't, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Orphan Black that started that whole, uh, that whole series of, you know, after the show kind of recaps, right? Um, it was, a, it was a great show. I mean, I really enjoyed the, the three hosts. They were, they were a fun, fun group, right? So and Teddy, of course, has gone on to Mighty Trains, I think, right? So he's, he's having fun doing that. But yeah, I'm sort of, that was a loss. So Space TV, if anybody's listening from over there not happy anyway because it was it was good fodder for this show too because it would give us a recap of things to talk about that we may may have not have known about right so i have a couple of things to talk about during the break between last time and this time and and unfortunately the one that falls to the top of the pile is the solo movie which yeah. i have not seen and what <laughs> yeah so I, I, had, seen it? I had some doubts and i i think i'd said last episode that i, I didn't think it would be day one for me and really okay uh, it well, seemed like it struggled enough uh, to the point where disney's like hey this idea of doing movies every year let's let's maybe not do that for a little bit and, and regroup yeah yeah so, i uh i don't want to be that guy but Oh man, I called that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, you did actually. And that, that was part of what we talked about, and I think we talked about that a little bit on the last episode. But but here's my review of Solo without spoiling anything for any. Well, maybe no, not really spoiling anything for anybody. I well, have you, seen. You could spoil the five things that they well, focus the movie on because they're everything you would know without even going to the movie. That well, was the problem we, with the movie. Well, let's let's recap that in a minute. But let, let me let me put it to you this way, okay? I have seen every Star Wars movie, every single one, um, a minimum of five times, right? Um, Even Last Jedi? Well, I've seen Last Jedi. Well, no, my point is, though, like, like I've seen every single movie. I've gone back to the theater, watched it at least once time in the theater. I've watched it, you know, on on uh, uh, Blu-ray or whatever, disc, whatever I could get my hands on, right? I have only seen the Solo movie once, mm-hmm. right? It's the only movie, only Star Wars property I have never said, I want to go back and see that again. I mean, yeah. there were parts of it I do want to see again, but yeah, it was just, it was like, meh. Right? It was a movie. It was a movie. Jonathan and I used to have a way of rating rating movies when we were younger, where we would look at each other and we would go, "Is it a rental? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like like is it a go see it in the theater? You know." So mm-hmm. this, I think, I would be. I, I think I would wait till this came on. Um, you know, a, a slow day on the channel where they had nothing else to show at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday evening. Well, that's harsh. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I obviously, it wasn't that bad. It was a good movie, but still, I, I obviously was dubious about it going in. Um, you know, it was one of those ones where you know I kind of wanted to go in the same way that I kind of wanted to see the Meg, but I didn't. Just the fascination of I can't believe they made this. Um, but it just had disaster written all over it. And to be fair, it had some nice moments. I thought there were some half decent performances, as we could fully expect. Uh, Lando. Calrissian stole the show. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Um, yep. He was amazing. Um, you know, I, I was. I think we were all concerned about how Alden Ehrenreich was going to do as uh, Han Solo. He was fine. Um, there was a, a lot of talent working on the film. They all were working their butts off. But it was just so wildly unnecessary. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest problem. It, it just didn't take me anywhere. I didn't. It didn't take me anywhere I wanted to go. There, uh, to, with the possible exception of the final scene, which again, I don't know if Jaime has been spoiled by the internets, but there is one sort of major cameo weird twist, um, which I didn't see coming, um, and I don't think a lot of people saw coming. That was supposed to sort of be obvious a tease for we're going to do more of these. There was stories out there that Alden Erdrick had signed a three-picture deal, so they were talking about doing more solo films. Um, they clearly were trying to do a tee-up for this is now a new Star Trek or Star Wars sub-franchise. But I don't think that's going to happen. And so then there's this teaser that's just sitting there for what could come next. I don't know what they do with that. Uh, so even that has become an infuriation on top of an infuriation because the movie wasn't great. And then at least there was this one tantalizing bit that now we know amounts to nothing. So overall, it's just it's just a disappointment. And it, again, it's just wildly unnecessary. Tell me something new. I, I'm more intrigued by uh, the, the Star Wars television series that's coming, Mandalorian. We got a little taste of that last week there was a little teaser came out um that is going to apparently be set in that era between uh return of the jedi and uh force awakens something we don't know about so tell me something what happened in there that's something different um you know the anthem was let's go backwards and we'll tell the stories of all these great things like the rogue one you didn't know the story behind the story and you know the star wars stories were supposed to fill in these gaps highlighting these great characters that you loved yeah i loved han solo and i still love han solo he's still the coolest guy in the galaxy Although maybe Lando clipped him after this, but uh, I, I I found myself just more and more thinking like, uh, did I need to know where he got his name from or how he got his blaster or all these little bits of minutia? It, it just seal, it felt like uh, you know an interconnected series of Easter eggs which didn't amount to a hill of beans. And I don't know how you go forward with that. I'm glad they took the moment to say like, hey, we really need to think about what these stars. Wars stories are. We're not going to just keep churning them out until we really figure them out. Good. Do that. Take some time. Think about it. But we also know that they're developing currently seven Star Wars movies, two separate trilogies plus episode nine, and a TV show. Do they know what they're doing there? It's made me leery. It's made me concerned. Even though I respect immensely the amount of talent they have working on this stuff. They've got uh, Weiss and Benioff, the two uh, great creators of the Game of Thrones television show, working on one trilogy um, and they've got the brains behind uh, Force Awakens, or not Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Um, what that guy's what's that guy's name? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Thank you. Uh, working on a separate trilogy as well, and they've got Episode Nine, and they've got this this television series. Um, I'm glad to hear that in announcing uh, the Mandalorian miniseries that they're doing for their new app that's going to come out in the next year or two. That they're going somewhere. They're exploring a new world. They're exploring a new character. They're not going back to the well so i'm hopeful of that i there hasn't been any details on those two other trilogies uh and clearly episode nine is moving forward
forward as opposed to moving backward. But I think it's good for them to have a moment and and think about like as much as people want Marvel movies as much as possible. What makes them great is that they're different. You know, you get Thor, which is a comedy. You get Ant Man and the Wasp, which is a heist. You get uh, you know Adve- Avengers, which is just the height of an event picture. You get all these different flavors. So how are we differentiating these Star Wars movies? What are they? The, they feel like they're all kind of the same so far. They're just big Star Wars movies, or at least attempts at them. You know, maybe it is time for them to really think about, do we need one every year? Do we need to make them special? Do they need to come out every five years so that you're like, man, I can't wait to see what they do next for Star Wars. It, it really, watching Solo really hammered home for me the point that Star Wars movies are special. They're sacrosanct. That first three movies, not so much the second three, <laughs> are sacrosanct. They are part of so many people's lives. They are one of the indelible uh, stories that unites popular culture. That's special. To build on that, you should be trying to make things that are equally special. And I'm not saying these artists aren't trying to do their best work, but when factored into the fact that Disney is trying to churn out, you know, event pictures that make a billion or a billion and a half or two billion dollars in some cases, um, I'm not sure those things can ever be on the same wavelength. You know, are you trying to do, trying to make your four billion bucks back that you paid George Lucas as fast as possible? Or are you trying to make, you know, build on this canon that is something very special to a lot of us? And Solo felt like for the first time, like a real cash grab. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it felt like buy the Han Solo, young Han Solo action figure. And, you know, like it, it just felt like the first time where I was like, this is a Disney picture. This isn't Lucasfilms. This is a Disney buy my stuff. Yeah, but by the commercial. same token, though, I'm all those, all those going back and redoing all the special effects in Star Wars. They, as you know, they've always sort of bothered me to a certain extent. Like, leave it alone is mm. my attitude. And it's just, it's it's more of the same in, in, in the same sense. Like, just let's let's take something and but spin then it out. But then a really fertile universe. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, would we be happy if we were getting stories from that universe that weren't around the characters that we loved? Again, Lando was in an episode one, or episode four, if we're, we're going to go that way. He mm-hmm. wasn't in Star Wars. He was mm-hmm. somebody we met later on. You know, right. we really didn't meet, you know, uh, Boba Fett until episode five, even though they went back and worked him back into episode four in the special editions. <laughs> you know, they introduced new characters as they went along. Say what you will yeah. about that prequel trilogy and i'm you know depending on the moment you catch me i can like parts of it or not right but at least they were sort of pushing and trying and introducing some characters and sort of you know again yeah there's some places that they went there george for all the crap that he's taken george you know was and is a visionary he has a sense of you know really sort of creating and carving out this this world um you know they, they gave us that jj gave us that with with force awakens we've gotten some new characters but then they've been tent-pulled around old characters the first movie brought back han and chewie and leia and the right. second one brought back luke and the third one's gonna bring back lando they've already said and you know chewbacca's there and and r2's there and c-3po's there and so lando know, played by billy d williams billy d williams has already been really? confirmed wow. he's coming back for episode nine i did not know that so, yeah I, I never really did like and, and there was a, never really was a big fan of him in in uh, star wars i've seen him in other movies obviously but I, I never got why they, why he was cast as that character. 
They love this Colt 45 ads. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, no, I mean, again, you can take or leave Lando. Obviously, you mm-hmm. know, I have the benefit of being somebody who was at the right age to really immerse in the Star Wars canon. I read all the comic sure. books. I read yeah. novels. I, you know, soaked it up and soaked it in. So for me, he's a much more rich character than just what we would have seen in episodes five and six. Right. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, he feels much more realized again they've done a good job in the last few years they, they gave him some you know his own miniseries in marvel comics um mm-hmm. to me he feels a little more fleshed out and, and again i loved the portrayal that he got in um in solo i think that yeah, was fun yeah, yeah that was a really like that was the high point of that picture mm-hmm. um but you know i feel like maybe it's time to start thinking about moving forward you know the marvel movies we're gonna get that crossroads in the next little while you know whether they kill off or move on or retire characters, some of the actors are going to want to move on and never come back. Right. So they're going to have to think of ways to move on to continuing to expand that universe, new characters, new adventures. They're going to dig deeper into their well and they're going to have to do new things or they're going to have to recast or they're going to have to reinvent. They're going to have to try new things. We've, you know, we've reached a peak of the Marvel universe that will probably peak at next uh, summer's Avengers four as yet unnamed and then who knows maybe robert downey jr's done maybe chris evans is done maybe scarlett johansson's done maybe mark ruffalo's done you know mm-hmm. maybe they'll kill some of those characters maybe they won't maybe they'll ride off into the sunset and and it'll all be good maybe they'll you know find a distant planet and they'll all go retire there but we're gonna see evolution of that world and that universe and it's good and it's healthy you know as much as i love when they keep going back to iron man i'm excited about captain marvel mm-hmm. and they're gonna where they're gonna go with that i'm excited about another ant-man movie i'm excited about characters they haven't even brought up yet because they're there in that universe to be played with you can do that with star wars you can either go deeper on the canon and really sort of go to some different places with other characters or you can just create new characters and set them in this world hey you know what this is you know bob bob's got a laser sword and he's going to go on an adventure and you're going to recognize some names but we're not taking you to those planets you're going to recognize some themes but it's not the same worlds maybe it's time to go somewhere else and and really think about expanding that world because i don't really care about han solo you know as an adolescent being a spaz like it's just not (laughs) it's just not doing me any good and i mean and it was a crushing failure at the box the box office for them the budget for that movie was listed kindly at 295 million dollars the box office take was 393 uh, million dollars when you factor in all the marketing and promotion which is probably almost the same they lost money on that movie now just let that one soak in for a second they lost money on a star wars movie Yeah, that is a damning indictment of what the fans think about where that has gone. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the rental market. I mean, which is just just starting up, starting up here. Anyway, we do have to move on because there there are many many other things to talk about, and we're also here to talk about the short treks as well, right? That's short the whole point. Small point. But so I have a couple of quick ones, hopefully quick ones. But um, so I have a I have a problem with the new Halloween movie coming out. You yeah. know, the Michael Myers thing. Let's let's get 
give Jamie Lee Curtis a new role or something. Um, so, and and I think, I don't know, there was a while back, I've never really seen the, all the Halloween movies because I never really saw the point of seeing them. But um, they were on TV one day in like a marathon thing. So I just sat by, you know, I worked on other things and kind of watched them out of the corner of my eye and kind of got the gist of, gist of the stories are all about. Um, but so my question about this resurgence of the Hollow, of the Michael Meyer character and all stuff, all stuff like that. Apparently he's been in, in jail for 30 years or something like that. Like, 40, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't they just lethally inject that guy? Oh, depends on the state, I suppose. <laughs> it's Illinois. Does Illinois have the death penalty? Hi, I don't anyone? know. No. I mean, even even if they do a this is a weird side tangent into the death penalty <laughs> in the United States of America. So even if they do have it, the a common thing that has come up is that um, they may not be able to get certain drugs to uh, to administer for like a lethal injection, for example. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So even if it's like technically legal in the state, they may have no practical way of getting the right drugs or the drugs that have been uh, traditionally used have been challenged legally as as being inhumane. So so now they need to find an alternative method. I guess. I guess. Oh, yeah. according so, to our friends at the Chicago Tribune, the death penalty is now illegal in Illinois. Well, there you go. Maybe it wasn't legal abolished. when he was sentenced or something abolished. like that. Abolished. Oh, abolished. abolished. Okay. So there we well, go. So forty years, apparently, he gets out and goes home to try and take out Laurie Strode for the next third time. time, fourth time. Well, to be fair, her it's only been once, right? Like she was, wasn't she just in the one? No, she was in she was in the original one, and then yeah, they yeah. brought her, brought her back for like the fortieth anniversary or thirtieth so, anniversary or something. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, she did she do one of the Rob Zombie ones or something? She she was in I don't know. She was in I know she was in two of them, and now she's back again. She's she's the the new Sarah Connors. Um, <laughs> character i guess i don't know anyway let's move on from halloween um so we talked about last time about the fact that it was going to be an agents of shield reference in the in the as a there was a teaser about that r- relating to the infinity war mm-hmm. i watched part of that episode i mean mind you i hadn't watched any of the the season so i, I wasn't sure what i was looking for but i didn't really notice anything was did you watch that episode john no i uh, again i put that on my sort of to-do oh, list to catch right. up on that season because i didn't watch a lick of the season since they moved it to Friday nights. Um, uh, okay, yeah. But I did read a few online articles because I was curious as to sort of what the fallout was. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think everyone was sort of sold a bill of goods because they promised that it was going to be sort of this big... Um, I thought half the characters would just disappear into a puff of smoke, you know? Yeah, and apparently that was uh, was not what what uh, <laughs> happened. Um, it's a good again, way to cut your cast, really. I think, you know, it's the, it's the question... You know, we talked about a little bit in a previous episode. How do we connect the Marvel television universe, the Marvel cinematic universe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, you know, there are references into those Marvel Netflix shows of, you know, are they going to, you know, they talk about, you know, the event or in, New, in New York, which is the attack by the Chitauri and Avengers. Um, so they do tie in those things loosely. But right. I still feel like there's still a huge divide between those two worlds. And I, I just don't know as much as I think we get excited at the prospect that all the media we take in is interconnected i don't, really don't think they want it to be right, uh, right. terribly involved because it's just logistically messy i mean i would have loved to have seen even just a cameo of like daredevil swinging by a rooftop in avengers <laughs> but you know those characters or are r2d2 s- going by in a, in a yeah or et in the it was a et in yeah. the senate right yeah um yeah. i i feel like um those characters and their stories are so small by the mm-hmm. scope of what's going on in something like avengers yeah um, yeah. y- you'd lose them. Like it would make them seem 
so small, uh, right. and it, it would be counter to having them appear. Like you, you'd be like, "Oh, Daredevil's there! What the hell's Daredevil gonna do?" Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. "Oh, so he's like a weaker Spider-Man who can't see? Great, he'll have this, no problem." <laughs> All right, maybe Tony okay. Stark can make him a costume. All right, so let's move on to the headlines. We only have one headline this this uh, session. I guess we'll have a couple. Like I thought they had a new start or new Spock coming up. But anyway, let's talk about this. So Halston Stage, who plays Alara on the Orville, apparently has left the show. I don't know if you guys had heard that. No. Yeah, I had seen that on um, the Orville subreddit. And yeah. it's, it's unclear precisely how many episodes she will appear in in season oh, two. Oh, she's in some of them? Is she going to fall into a tar pit or something? Yeah, I was kind of wondering if, they were, if this was like the Tasha Yar moment. So we'll have to remember this. <laughs> well, he's a security forward. officer. Okay, that makes sense. It jives. Yeah, tar pit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently the, the, she's been replaced already. And, I mean, there's an actress playing the role. And I don't know why, again, it's one of these, like, do they do they have to get an attractive girl to be play the chief engineer again, you know? I mean, so Jessica Sor, uh, S-Z-O-H-R, is apparently replacing the character, or a character. And, um, yeah, I, I was reading a little bit about it just um, this evening, and apparently... Um, Halston Sage has signed on to a Netflix rom-com, so that maybe it may be her decision to leave the show. Hmm. So I don't know what uh, what the story. Oh, here's a new Halston Sage Lara update from September on Reddit. Oh, Reddit's a great place to find stuff out. A reliable news source. All right, let's move on because it's not going to be. Well, my only feedback on that one is disappointing. She was an interesting character, and I thought yeah. she had some uh, some interesting stories still to come. So it's it's disappointing. If only we could have gotten. Uh, there's a few other actors. Maybe I would have preferred to see shown the door after season one. Right, right. Uh, but she, yeah, she wouldn't have been the top of my list. That's, that's disappointing. Right. Well, let's move on to the the Star Trek universe, as it were. Um, I thought I had pasted in here that we. Oh no, maybe it was on on uh, on Twitter. I'd mo- and under the Spotcast um, at Spotcast account, I had uh, posted that they had announced who the new Spock character was going to be played by. And this weekend, actually, there were there was a picture of the character all dressed up as Spock with a beard. Or yeah. Uh, well, then they put a trailer out, right? He's in, he's in the they? trailer. He's oh, in the new okay. trailer. Cool. All right. Well, I haven't seen that yet. Um, so just a quick one, a uh, couple of things here. Uh, Eagle Moss re- has revealed uh, some Star Trek ship models. If you're into the model kind of uh, thing, there's a link here. I'll put in the show notes for that. Um, you know, different... Uh, I think last time we were talking about uh, the different enterprises and stuff, Jaime was uh, mentioning that uh, he liked the one from the first movie, I think it was. Is that not correct, Jaime? I'd have to like really check to see what the differences are between the refit Enterprise and the Enterprise yeah. A. But yeah. just looking at the the Eagle Moss version, it's probably the Enterprise A that I, I tend to like the look of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one that was slightly different than the. Um, is that the one? Is that the one in the in the in the movie where they? Or is that the the one the second one with? The, I can't I can't remember. Can it I is the one up? that they show at the end. It's in end of four, five, and, and oh, six. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, with a yeah. with a sort of black um, detailing. Yeah, because because in the Star Trek movie, the one that came back in like a seventy seven where they. They spend twenty minutes just circling the model, you know. Yeah, because you mean the can. porno shot of, yeah. of the Enterprise that goes on and on. That one, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Little, soft, little Star Trek soft porn. Um, oh yeah, Star Trek shorts. Yes, this is. Oh, we can, we can come back. To, are we can talk about that, or are we talk about it in a bit. Oh. Did everybody see it? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, twice. Okay. 
twice. That's right, because you guys have, you know, we we have to pay for stuff over here, but you guys have universal Netflix or universal sci-fi. We get it it on space. We do pay for it, but we get it it as part (laughs) of our cable package. Yeah, they aired it in the middle of a movie on uh, the Thursday night, and then they aired it right after Doctor Who's um, season premiere on Sunday, so I happened to be watching Sunday and watched the rebroadcast it then, because I guess that show ended at a weird time, because it started at a weird time. Yeah. Yeah, they aired it then as well, so I just followed through and watched it again. Yeah, my 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 PVR messed up my recording of Doctor Who, so thankfully they replayed it later for the the West Coast, and I caught, got it caught it caught it then. But I didn't I didn't know that Short Trek was after that. So yeah, let's talk about Runaway. Is it Runaways, right? Hmm? Yeah, with Tilly and setting her up with a I guess a new plot. So here's what I'm getting from from this this uh, short is that it's a you know a quick little adventure with her and, and a new character and possibly somebody she'll get she'll need to know later on in the series, right? When you think? Yeah, I guess it, it, that's an interesting... I mean, they do sort of set it up as, you know, a theoretical beginning to a relationship mm-hmm. um, between the two of them, a friendship. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to have a future payoff or if it is just what it's intended to be, an interesting little lesson learned for both of them on who they are and where they're at. You know, mm-hmm. they both come into the beginning of the episode very in very fragile places, um, right. and they both leave uh, feeling much better about who they are and where they are in the world, and, and maybe it, that's all it's meant to be. Um, I guess time will tell. I, I think it was a nice um, it was a nice look at sort of where Tilly's at after really pushing outside her comfort zone over that first season of Discovery. You know, and she reaches and you know it was a really cool moment when they pan by and she's in her quarters and you see the medal that she received and and you know she's talking about being in the in the officer training program and you really do get a sense of how far in such a short amount of time we only had a you know a relatively short season of the uh, of the first season of disco mm-hmm. to get to know her and and she really did develop as a character from a very sort of weird insecure uh young woman to somebody who you know, she's obviously still got some of those uh characteristics but you realize like wow she really she really evolved and again she was far and away my favorite character the first season mm-hmm. um and in he, in this episode we see her encounter this uh this alien who, who boards secretly boards the discovery and causes havoc in the the uh, uh, food dispensary area, launching countless amounts of food. I always wanted to see that weird old Star Trek uh, uh, food replicator go bananas. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really interesting to see the two of them again, very in a, both in very vulnerable places. She's frustrated because she's you know just had this you know weird conversation with her mom, and this other character is running away from a very um, you know important point in her life. And the two of them sort of both see the vulnerabilities, and and then the strengths in each other and they sort of both coach each other into being in a better place and mm. uh and again you really sort of get the sense of yeah like tilly when we met her at the beginning of the first season wouldn't have been able to get through that in that kind of fashion 20 minute mm-hmm. episodes or not mm-hmm. um so it was a really nice little check-in on who this young woman is now and and uh really sets her up for i think a really interesting arc in season two you know we got her to the point where you know she did overcome some of these hurdles um where are we going to go with her in season two? What do you think, Kami? You know, I, I thought it was okay. Um, I, I definitely like uh, Ensign Tilly, and, and her character is great. I, I don't know what it was about the pacing that felt a little off to me, and maybe it's because I wasn't mentally prepared for only 15 minutes, so it, it wraps up rather quickly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have to really think about it for the next one, that like this is more of a, a short story version of an episode. So maybe that's where I, you know, maybe if I watch it again, I'll feel differently. Um, that's not to say it was bad. I just, 
just didn't enjoy it as much as I did uh, pick one of any of the episodes of, of Disco. Sure. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty good from a, a short story standpoint. Um, I think one thing that caught me uh, off guard is, uh, and, and we have some math here. You, you can't see it in the show notes necessarily if you're, as you're driving at home, but it's a key point that this runaway has come up with a way. So her planet mines dilithium, which is like a big, important resource in this in this era. And she has come up with a way, that, I, I think it was like an incubator or something, I think she said, to uh, regenerate, mm-hmm. uh, recrystallize dilithium. Mm-hmm. And that caught my, my attention because I remember in Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, in the episode Relics, where they find Scotty, who has been trapped on the USS Janolan uh, for about 75 years. This is season six. So let's say approximately 69 years prior to the beginning of TNG, which began somewhere around the year 2364. So if we do that math, he got lost somewhere around 2295. And why is that important? Well, it was a big deal to Scotty that the dilithium chamber looked a certain way. He's like, oh, you're running low on dilithium. And Jordy's like, what are you talking about? We regenerate. It's not like like you guys had to go mine it and find it. Like, like you were uh-huh. gassing up the spaceship every every five miles sort of thing. And we know that Disco takes place somewhere around 2255. So if I've done my very, very gross rough math there, it's about a 40-year gap there between what this character has introduced versus um, when it becomes uh, somewhat standard, right? Because I imagine that Scotty, at the very least, he's got a subscription to like popular mechanics or popular warp mechanics or something. So I was a little surprised that he wasn't like, oh, wow, you guys must be doing this thing I read about because it's been 75 years. So that's like an extreme nitpick sort of thing. It felt like it came out of weird left field. So I can only hmm. assume it will become important somehow during the season. Or they've, or they've at least left a little uh, uh, breadcrumb trail that they can follow if they want to. Yeah, and I thought that the character... The, I forgot the name of the character. That, Poe. That huh? Sorry? Poe. Poe. The char- and I thought that Poe was... Um, um, her position in life You know, will pay off for, for Tilly in the future. You know, um, it'll be like the scene from uh, Return of the Jedi eye where uh you know she's being carried in on a on a a spire and they're going to put her on a fire and roast her and then someone will recognize her and say no no not her she's my friend kind of thing you know (laughs) right right we'll we'll roast you in honor of the queen sort of thing yeah 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 yeah. yeah. without trying to give away spoilers i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think right. it's interesting to see if these uh, minisodes are meant to have a future implication. Are these a teaser for the season to come, or are these just meant to be tastes of this world to bring us up to speed and give us a little something uh, to keep our attention and build us towards the season? I, I'm, I'm So why? I mean, if you think about how much effort it takes to put together even 15 minutes of television, especially well, on the, this kind of think scale, Think about the right? buzz that these have generated. Think about the, you know, I mean, people are talking about Discovery when Discovery doesn't come back until mid-January. Yeah. People are talking about it in in october yeah, you know that's, that's it's 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 a little marketing tool right it's a it's a 15 minute commercial that you can't not tune into or a 50 right, minute right. trailer for a season that's yet to come the question is is it setting up the season or is it meant to be hey by the way here's you know here's a little taste of this world to get you ready for what's coming yeah so how will they rerun these in the future i guess they'll put all four of them together right i think so. there's already a lot of hubbub online i guess because netflix uh outside of canada and the united states netflix carries Discovery. Right. Um, and I guess they haven't put that on there. I can't confirm that as of a recording, but I have seen um, yeah. the blogosphere uh, of non-North Americans saying, hey, WTF. What's up with that, yeah. Um, because... 
for them, obviously, there are only a few options left for how you can find it. Um, and they feel like if you're going to put this out there on as a medium on, on Netflix, why aren't these on Netflix? And maybe there is a plan to glue them all together or do something, uh, you know, en masse or do them, wait till the whole, all four of them are together and then do it. But either way, I think, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of pushback on the fact yeah. that they aren't out there yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, overall, it was enjoyable. I mean, I haven't sat down and watched it again, but, but I do have it on my PVR. I will watch it again, probably. Um, if that's the measure of anything, (laughs) but, uh, right. And we got, uh, one a month. So, uh, Calypso comes out on November 8th. That is about a character named craft. I, if he was in discovery, he must've been a background character. Um, in December 6th is, uh, episode regarding a very young Saru. So that's a character we know. Mm -hmm. And then on January 3rd is an episode with Harry Mudd. So there's definitely a discovery connection there. Um, the more cynical side of me says, All right. Remember, um, longtime fans of this show will remember when I said, hey, um, right after the very last episode of Discovery, I waffled a little bit, but then I ultimately canceled my subscription to CBS All Access. And when given the opportunity to say why, I said, because all I wanted to see was Star Trek. Apparently, they took that to heart because they said, hmm. So what you're saying (laughs) is if I can tease out one a month (laughs) of episodes (laughs) and not a full episode, just like one episode split across four months. Yeah. uh, Why why not? You'll subscribe, right? And sure enough, I did give them my five ninety nine so I could see Runaway and uh, episodes of Murphy Brown and The Good Fight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some some CBS Sports, but uh, yeah. So they, they they definitely took my feedback to heart. Is how I feel. Interesting. It's good that they, they're fans. I mean, everybody should be listening to Spotcast, but it's good that you've got the big broadcaster behind you now. <laughs> the Spotcast <laughs> bump, we'll call it. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. And all it cost all right. was six bucks. Well, that's like $20 Canadian, right? So That's, that's true. It's true. Yeah. 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 I'd feed a, a Canadian family for a week. <laughs> <laughs> In poutine, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, yeah, I, I want to before we get on to the the the, the, the inter- most interesting comp, uh, subject today, but um, just a quick one here. As I saw that Mr. Robot was an article here that got posted in the show notes um, that the technical consultant used Cabana on Mr. Robot. I don't know if you guys watched any of the last season of Mr. Robot at all. I have not seen season three, but I do have the DVDs on loan from the library. So they do. Is, what's interesting season. about it is is that uh, and hopefully not giving much away, but I mean it's like. It, I don't know if you if you you probably watched the Sherlock uh, reboots on BBC with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Martin Freeman, but um, mm-hmm. what was cool about that was it was one of the uh, the first thing that caught my eyes is the fact that you couldn't not watch the screen because a lot of the time Sherlock is is using a, a BlackBerry and texting right so and there's a lot of back and forth between him and other characters um, so and it kind of wraps that whole the whole sort of new media stuff that we're dealing with in in day to day life. I mean at the time it came out everybody was texting right. I mean, people are still texting today right um but watching as a technical person as a you know a coder as as i am and jaime is right um watching a show like mr robot when he goes to the computer and doesn't uh, my favorite scene in jurassic park is when the kid sits down in front of the, gra- the clear three-dimensional graphic user interface of the, that runs the parks you know um electrical system or whatever or gate system and she looks at it and says this is unix i know this which it totally is not unix because unix is is there's no 
need for a graphic user interface on it. But so when you sit down and watch Mr. Robot and you see this kind of things that Elliot is doing on the computers when he's he's working, he's actually working with real you know tools that are that that you know real people can use. You know, like Cabana is an example, or there's a there's a a um, mail system out of um, Sweden which I've forgotten the name of now. I'll put it in the show notes where he log he creates this account on the server that's completely encrypted and not you know not gmailed or whatever that's stored in the, in the public cloud as it were but like a, a completely c- encrypted uh, mail service which is you know um, really cool so the fact that mr robots technical consul- consultants make sure that the geeks in us or the geeks in the crowd are, are uh, satisfied they're not they're not being being hokey with their their effects or their their tools and technologies right and they've announced that that's uh headed into its final season too right this is only, it what yeah what is it, with this final season stuff Holy they cow. announced ahead of time that they're going to make one more season because they feel like one more season is all it's going to take to wrap up Elliot's story. So um, Interesting, interesting yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. Again, so many shows, I mean, some shows are cut too soon, Firefly R.I.P., but some shows really outstay their mandate. I, I, I really have no problem with the creators saying, you know what, I'd rather tell the story and have the story told than just keep padding things out and trying yeah. to, you know, to, to make more out of something than there is. Well, Mr. Robot could have ended after the first season. It could have totally because, like, sure. it, it it wrapped everything up in a nice bow, right? Um, yep. But bringing it back was just more, you know, because it was such a deep show. The first, I think first and second season too. I think the yeah. second season was more about second the character. Great. Second season, yeah, was that's really the one really with the Angela woman, right? And um, yeah, I cool think uh, I think that the real tipper on that one is the fact that Remy Malik looks like he is going to be. I mean, he he's already a, a, a an award winner for his performance on Mr. Robot, but yeah. if you've seen the trailer for his uh, new film bohemian rhapsody playing yep. freddie mercury he yep. he's a huge star he's going to be yep. taking bigger swings now and i think you know yep. i think one more season of uh mr robot is probably all they could hold somebody that talented down to yeah so it's funny like you know i've always i've also sort of mentioned that you know they always seem to do two like movies in pairs like you have two disaster earth gonna get you know blown up kind of thing you've had armageddon and, and uh, deep impact i think you know and then they had the, the two volcano movies and there's always like a couple of earthquake movies and there's sharks flying all over the place um where am i going with this <laughs> oh yeah so the, the, so and they're doing bohemian rhapsody and and uh, they're doing an elton john movie did you see that i did i did see that and the same sort of glam rock uh glam rock era kind of stuff right so it, it, it's time to start glorifying the stars of the 70s apparently i guess yeah interesting stuff well you know so, more and more of them are uh, yeah we're gonna start seeing people wanting to tell those stories it'll be i can't wait for when they get around to the new wave stuff from the 80s i'm, I'm looking forward to those haircuts making big screens again yeah so the the coolest thing that happened in the Spock cast universe recently is that Jaime Lopez has watched his first episode of Doctor Who. Ooh. But not this just any like, episode of just first, first ever of any Doctor Who no, that I've exactly, ever which is why this is a perfect opportunity because when I watched Doctor Who, I started watching Doctor Who in the seventies, right? And I think I was like one of a few people other outside of England that that knew about. It. In fact, I think yeah, I probably knew about it when I was quite young, actually. Um, yeah, no, I remember I saw my first Dalek in my cousin's room when I was probably around seven or eight. So I've I've known about Doctor Who for a long time. Um, that'd be like fifty years for those of you doing math. Uh, 
And Jonathan, you've watched Doctor Who. I know you've watched the Peter Eccleston and, and David Tennant and Matt Smith and Peter Cabaldi Doctor Who's. Did you watch anything before that? Uh, I had a friend in junior high school who uh, was a, uh, had come from England. He lived in England yeah. when he was younger. And uh, he was a huge Whovian. Mm-hmm. And he had said, you know, it's, it's oh, it's on every afternoon. They're showing it on. It was either, I think it was PBS was maybe showing mm-hmm. it. Um, or maybe TV Ontario, but it, it was definitely public access television. Right. And uh, he was like, oh my God, you shoot this show. I love it. It's so good. So good. It's good. And so I I mean, caved. the effects are really cheesy. I caved then. and watched that. And again, I have been a lifelong sci-fi fan. It was one of my first loves. It's something yeah. that I've really um, spent a lot of time with over my life watching some pretty terrible movies, but a lot of great movies. Um, I watched one episode of that in, well, I'll say 1987 and was like, oh my, okay, this is the new low bar. Like that <laughs> cardboard box with a plunger sticking out of it is the lamest thing I have ever seen. Like, somebody literally painted a cardboard box silver and stuck a plunger on it, and that's yeah. the bad guy? You guys are kidding me, right? Yeah. Like, there's just, there's no way. So I ran and never looked back. Really? Um, and it really wasn't until I'd heard, heard that they were relaunching uh, Who went into a hiatus, I guess, yeah. in the late Oh, it was 90s. really bad there for a while, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, of course, they brought it back with David Eccleston, and, um, and even then, it wasn't really on my my radar and it actually was a friend of mine uh who was our um critic at the newspaper i was working at who got the first season on dvd and said hey nerd check this out and even then yeah. it sort of sat on my shelf and i think it was i think you had come over at one point and we're like is that the new season of doctor who and i was like yeah Gas. and i think you watched it first and we're like actually it's not bad and i was like yeah, i'm still i don't know and uh it wasn't until maybe a couple of years had gone by and they had gone through him and then they had moved on and i think it was about season three of the reboot that i sort of became aware of it mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I agree and it's a hard like that first season's a bit of a hard watch there's some you know yeah. it's it's not it's not the best doctor who either although it is nice that it's a little more modern um you know the streets of carter for a little more compelling than the cardboard boxes but yeah um but with david Tennant was where it really started to catch my attention i sure. really enjoyed his performance and his chemistry with billy piper was fantastic and I really bought in at that point, even if, and, and I think the production value went up a bit. Um, so I was in at that point to a small degree. I enjoyed the show, but I wasn't passionate about it. It wasn't until uh, Matt Smith and Karen Gillan that mm-hmm. was the tipping point for me, where I was like, okay, this is a fun show. These people are clearly really enjoying Fences themselves. Are cool, man. Yep. They, they're clearly enjoying themselves. It really was a nice blend of action and humor and suspense, and it really was that sort of great who can be anything kind of vibe you know you never knew tuning in week to week were you going to get a horror were you going to get a sci-fi show were you going to get a time travel adventure and go into the ancient past or you know far-flung future where they're going to go you know meet with aliens where they you know meet genghis khan it was really just all over the place and and i really really dug that and there was a really good long game on those stories too not just you know episode by episode but there's a really nice sort of backstory long plot um that being said, I was not a huge fan of Peter Capaldi mm-hmm. the last, I guess it was three years. Right. I watched every episode, uh, mm-hmm. faithfully still tuned in, mm-hmm. and he certainly had his moments, and I think he's a fine performer. Yeah, but, but Missy just, was out of the park, though. What's that? Missy was great. She was. She was. Yeah. And there was a lot of elements. It's, again, some of the perfor- per- supporting cast was great. I found that 
um, and uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as an ageist, but something about the older Doctor Who didn't really click with me because mm-hmm. the last few had been quite um, vibrant, and I also didn't find the humor was as strong. I felt mm-hmm. that, like it was a little more serious. There was a lot of very weighty episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there were some pretty heavy storylines that he got into, but it, yeah, just it just never clicked for me. So it had had actually kind of it kind of had put who down a notch for me it was the show that i watched but it was a little more dutifully i think over the last few years than it was mm-hmm. um enthusiastically right right so i was excited that they were going to a new doctor and i think like a lot of people i was really excited that they were going to try something new by having our first female doctor uh so this week's episode was a real appointment for me i am obviously you know we we had our canadian thanksgiving on sunday and we made turkey and uh and did that um so i didn't get to watch it when it was on immediately but when i sat down on sunday night to watch it it was with a a sense of hope and a sense of excitement that i hadn't felt for who in a while Mm -hmm. and i feel like it was pretty rewarded um she was great jodie whittaker uh i thought she was great um i think that there's you know some potential in the supporting cast that they built for her although this is the first time in a while that we've also not just lost our doctor uh in transformation we also lost our companion right so we're really are starting from ground zero it's the first time in six years right that we've started from scratch Mm -hmm. because usually there's been this carryover of one we've also lost a tardis too which which jaime doesn't even know (laughs) yeah so it Which really is another was, character on the show, right? It was a real change. We're changing genders. We're changing actors. We're changing supporting cast. We're changing location. Changing wardrobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. We're, we're, we're really sort of starting something right. So as far as a starting point for our, uh, people like Jaime, it's a cool part to come on board. All you really have to know is doctor really old. Doctor can change bodies, including gender. And has two hearts. Um, and has two hearts. Beyond and ti- that. And is a time lord. Yeah. Beyond that, just sort of, you know, move forward and, and you know, you'll pick up the rest as you go. And so I want to hear what Jaime thought of the show that he's just out of the blue, probably heard about many, many times before. But what did you think of the show as it stands? I mean, I always wanted to meet people who had never read Harry Potter, who watched the Harry Potter movies. I think you actually were, are one now that I think about it. But um, what did you think about Doctor Who? Yeah, it was it was definitely an experience. I um I knew a little bit of things, you know, a little bit of the the lore, like the regeneration stuff. Uh, I vaguely know what the TARDIS is. I certainly recognize it. Um, uh-huh. It's such a, an iconic thing. Um, the episode that I watched was a little bit weird to me tonally, not in a bad way. Just I didn't know what to expect, and it was um, sort of Scooby Doo silly and like uh, the Predator uh, <laughs> dark, <laughs> which I didn't <laughs> expect. I thought uh, you know it'd be roughly like a star trek sort of uh, uh tone and it, it it was definitely a little bit different it, it, it has a lot of comedy the character they're up against is is kind of dark so maybe it ends up being more like buffy the vampire slayer in terms of tone yeah, um, at least this episode yeah i mean i didn't know much else of what was going on i think the um jody whittaker did a really good job as the doctor especially in this sort of transitional phase um she's got a lot of uh vibrant humor and she's just as confused as i am apparently as she's trying to figure things out so it's really <laughs> Really good time to come into the show um they did i noticed put in a little bit of a um i'll call it like their own political statement about um 
uh, honoring the past but moving forward, which I, I, I'm not a Whovian. I'm, I'm a Whoobie, as a, a little coin, um, <laughs> a Doctor Who newbie. It, it, I can definitely tell that they were trying to uh, just own that right up front. That Yeah, this was somewhat of a controversial decision uh, amongst a, a segment of the fans. I'm, I'm not a Whovian, so I don't know how much of a, the basis this represents. But certainly there was uh, talk online about like, hey, this is really weird. Um, kind of similar to what we saw with a Discovery focusing on a, a woman as the main character as well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I, I imagine it was sort of coming from. Uh, it wasn't distracting in any way, but even I sort of noticed it as somebody who's not into the lore and, and not into everything. But uh, the characters are great. I like um, I like the doctor. Uh, I actually like the uh, bus driver guy <laughs> or retired bus driver guy was yep. Yep. somehow one of the, the funniest characters to me. Yep. Um, yeah, he's actually uh, he's actually an actor from you know the Law and Order show. You know the the law. You know the, yeah. the you know the the Law and Order show that they show on on TV. You know that's from, it's still on. I think the Special Victims Unit now or something like that. You know they have like the the crime and then they have the law piece at the end of it. There's a British mm-hmm. version of Law and Order called Law and Order UK, I think. Right, and the guy who plays um, Starbuck from um, Battlestar Galactica. I've forgotten his name now, but he he plays the young cop and this guy plays the old cop and they do that sort of you know young cop old cop kind of solve crimes thing in England with all the English laws and no guns and stuff like that, right? So it's a great show, but he's a great actor on that. So, but coming back to Doctor Who here, the first thing I notice is that the Doctor as a character is, um, it's kind of like, imagine it's it's a bit like Jadzia Dax, right? Or Dax, I should say, because um, you can change the body, but you, you, the person inside is still the same person, right? And the first thing I noticed about Jodie Whittaker's performance is she, in as much as she made it her own show, her own performance, it was to me the character was still alive in mm-hmm. inside of her, right? In the same way that Dax is alive in in you know Jadzia Dax and the other Dax, I can't remember her name. But um, um, when I watched her on the, uh, especially on the train when she was first landed and she's just trying to figure stuff out, it's to me that was totally the Doctor. The Doctor lands into these middle these situations, you know. He always comes along to, or he, the Doctor always comes along to to solve the problems, and it's always sort of okay. What am I working with? He's kind of like MacGyver of, you know, if a Time Ward was a MacGyver kind of guy, can put together all kinds of different, you know, can solve just about any of your problem. Um, and that's the magic of the Doctor as a character. Is And that, so her performance was, I could see Christopher Eccleston, I could see David Tennant, I could see Matt Smith, I could even see Peter Cabaldi in her performance throughout the whole the whole episode. And yet it was still her own thing, right? Um and that may be part part in the writing, and but there was a lot. I think a lot of her acting, um, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard any interviews with her specifically about her performance. But most actors don't don't tend to watch the old shows because they don't want to be influenced by the other performances so much. But I, but I think she did pull off that sort of frenetic energy that the doctor has. The doctor's like you know he's a sort of like total quick start kind of guy. Just comes in, solves problems, you know, assesses things really quickly, and reacts really you know almost almost as if doesn't have a, a direction right like and jonathan alluded to the last episode last i think it was was it one part or i can't remember the, the last episode with with bill and the darla and the um uh, cybermen but and missy right and the two masters but um 
um, you know, how he loses the companion there. That, that, the doctor very rarely, he makes mistakes because as a, as a person, I don't mean to say doctor he or whatever, but the doctor makes mistakes. And, and, and it seemed to me that the Capaldi doctor made more mistakes than any other doctors. Now I think about it, Yeah, you know, but, but, and he makes the biggest mistake really, or, or, and through, through not paying attention to what was really going on around him. Right. And, and he loses because of that. Right. Um, in the last, in the Capaldi series, there were a couple of big losses for people right and some of them got solved and some of them didn't um yeah so it'll be interesting to see where she where she goes or where they go the doctor who franchise people go with this with this performance um and I, i'll be i haven't heard anything negative about the fact that that it's uh you know how we get the sort of um male privilege backlash to the sci-fi stories and sci-fi tropes right um we were okay with missy being you know the master being a woman for many many years without making too much of a fuss and so i'd be surprised i'll be i'll be galled actually if people make a big fuss about the doctor being female now so and i'm sure the doctor's been female before and we had a, we also had a time lord in in um the character um River Song, right? River Song was a Time mm-hmm. Lord, wasn't she? Right? Yeah. So I, I think it would be really uh, the, one of the great lines that was in the episode was when uh, she says something about having to buy women's clothing, and he says it's yeah. been a long time. She says it's been a long time since I bought women's clothing, yeah. which opens up to a whole series of speculation. But it's just a great Doctor Who line. Well, somebody the, posted a picture of um, um, the one before Colin or uh, uh, Petrie. What was his name? Um, not Colin Baker, but there's another doctor. Doctor, the doctor after Colin Baker. There's a there's a scene where he actually is dressed as a woman mm. in one of the old Who's. Yeah, yeah. No, I think she. I think Who's great, and I think you know it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Not lost in this episode is the fact that not only as we talk about all the changes that have happened, new supporting cast, new lead actor, uh, new showrunner, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge change for Who. Part of what's made Who the success that it is over the last few years is its creative team and. Mm-hmm. So now we're moving in that new direction as well. So, you know, it's not just uh, a chance for us to evaluate, you know, the the performers, but also the show as a whole. You know, where are they going to go with it? Is it going to be, you know, continuing that classic vein? Are they going to go some new areas? I hope that it it isn't just, oh, now the Doctor's a woman. And so we're going to have a lot of, you know, stories about weird circumstances now that the Doctor's a woman, because that would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, hopefully this is an opportunity for them to say, we can tell great stories and it doesn't matter that, you know, whether the Doctor's a woman or a man, although it truly matters that the Doctor's a woman or a man. It's about effing time that we've had a yeah. woman play this iconic role um, after 50 plus years. You know, I, I did read a lot of sort of social feedback uh, over that and, you know, there was a lot of a lot of embracing of the fact that, you know, this was a long overdue step. So, you know, for us, you know, we on one hand, you don't want to make a big deal out of it and say, well, you know, oh, hooray, but yeah, it's a huge deal that they finally took this step and and one that i think you know hopefully uh i have no question jody whitaker will live up to the to the mantle based on the first episode i think now it's really about the show as a whole uh show as a whole how are they going to make the most out of having not only a great performer in her but you know a whole new ball game to to, to come at it mm-hmm. and by the way real-time follow-up john pertree was the third doctor and colin ba- tom baker was the fourth doctor so i think i, I think i colin baker is the sixth doctor but i don't think i ever watched him so too many bakers 
Was, was Baker the one with the weird scarf and the hat? Yeah, Tom Baker is, yes. Yeah, the big long scarf you see. And uh, That was the in... guy I saw that made me run screaming from the room and never, really? never look back. What's with that dude's scarf? Is that a plunger? <laughs> Actually, it probably was a plunger in the original Daleks, now that you say that. Oh, All I, right. I'm, I'm not kidding. It was. Like, there's no question. Oh, okay, yeah. So, but anyway, we have to, we have to move on um, because, yeah, uh, we're running out of time here. So, uh, where are we in this list? So we have a, I guess our section of the show is called the watch list, right? And uh, so Jaime, what do you got on your watch list? Remember that time Jaime disappeared? Yeah, he must have fell in the TARDIS or something. Anyway, my watch list item is First Man, of course, which I'm going to be going to see on Friday. First Man, yeah. Yeah, and my concern about First Man is is I've already seen things in the trailer, which to me, like, you know, for people yelling at their their, their phones as we do this podcast, I mean, I yell at the, the trailer because there's a couple of lines that um, Neil Armstrong says or, or Ryan Gosling, who's playing Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, says in the trailer that I don't think Neil Armstrong ever would have said or did say in reality. But uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to all the uh, historical inaccuracies in this movie. Yeah. You know. yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're from all the trailers, it looks like it's building towards being something that's sort of you know more um, rose-colored glasses, iconic as opposed to yeah. grounded 100% reality. And if we wanted reality, you'd watch from the Earth to the Moon, right? Like, yeah. Well, even you, still, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to see what they said there are hours upon hours of film footage from that era sure you can get a pretty good sense of at least the public persona of these these people yeah there's a book the book and the the semi semi documentary book and movie called the right stuff as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah so anyway it seems to me like first man is almost going to be like if han solo was the first man on the moon so we'll see how it goes yeah we'll see if guido shoots first <laughs> or not well, again, it's, you know, it's got a pedigree. I mean, you know, Damien Chazelle coming off of, uh, you know, a wonderful movie in La La Land. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, obviously, Ryan Gosling uh, is a star and, you know, this movie's got Oscar bait written all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a subject matter that I think we're all familiar with, although, you know, we say that with it being the benefit of men, you know, who have been around on this planet for a while, not maybe not everybody is familiar with all these stories. It is. It's been a while since this happened. Right. Right. Yep. Well, I remember it happening. So, because I was looking up at the stars at the time. Hi, are you back? Yes. Sorry, my dog was fussing because I just had a delivery. Your dog was fussing. So we were just talking about the watch list. What's on your watch list? This one is Maniac on Netflix. Hopefully everywhere because it's a Netflix original. This is one that is um, a mini series starring uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It says uh, two struggling strangers connect during a mind-bending pharmaceutical trial involving a doctor with mother issues and an emotionally complex computer i hmm. uh, i just finished watching this uh this i watched week. it already really yeah it's it's uh it's good i definitely i definitely enjoyed it it's um it's more on the comedy side uh, yeah but not not constantly funny it has a lot of drama yeah and the um the aesthetic is interesting because it's got a like future retro sort of look to it like as if right. the the aesthetic of the 1980s continued on into the future yeah cool that's what i got from the tra- from the trailer it looked like a 1970s sci-fi movie it looked like uh, <laughs> um a charlton heston 1970s movie but made now uh-huh. yeah there's there's definitely stuff i'm sure there must be like a website somewhere that um picks out all the references they make like the the thing that they're eating around as as part of the 
pharmaceutical trial, like a communal area, looks a whole lot like the setup for Alien, uh, the Nostromo. Was it Nostromo? Okay. I'm getting, oh, yeah, wow, Nostromo. Yeah, Nostromo. Right there. Yep. <laughs> I think. Nostromo. Okay. Yeah, where they're eating on the, on the like the galley area of the, the Nostromo. It, it looks a lot like that, and I'm sure there are other cases. Um, and since it deals with um, sort of psychological problems that these characters have, they delve into sort of like a dreamlike state that gives them a lot of opportunity to do some fun things and see the characters playing different roles. Yeah, yeah. Another huh. movie where a woman is a heroine. Mm. Actually, the first one of the first ones, I think, actually. Cool. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up, so let's Boy, do that. Real... Whoa, where's my pick? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, I don't whoa, see whoa, a pick whoa, on the, the notes. I don't get to make one? I can't just arbitrarily pick one? Oh, you mean Greg here now? Okay, go ahead. Be, be Greg <laughs> The Hill. shadow Surprise. pick. Stealth <laughs> pick. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, my pick is going to be uh, starting this Sunday and Sunday's going forward. Uh, my One of my favorite shows, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is Supergirl. Supergirl's coming back oh, to yes. CW on Sundays. Uh, it's moving uh, days of the week. So it'll be interesting to see how it does on Sunday nights as CW moves to having Sunday uh, content. They've never done that before. So this will be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, so Supergirl's on Mondays, uh, Sundays. Arrow moves to Mondays and Flash is on uh, Tuesdays now. Is that um, everywhere or just in Canada? No, that's on that's on CW in the United States. Okay. Um, I have been putting a call out and clearly this speaks to my impact on uh, all social platforms. No one has been able to tell me where I can watch The Flash on Canadian television. Uh, mm. Because it is not out there. Uh, well, I put it out on Twitter. I put it out on Facebook this week. I asked the Nerdosphere and nobody gave me answers. I've searched on Google. There are no answers. Uh, they're the most expensive television package that you can pick up from our good friends uh, uh, the cable companies includes um, one of the CW channels from the United States. Mm-hmm. And you can watch it there. But as far as I can see so far, there is no Canadian broadcaster for The Flash. Um, I believe believe Supergirl will be back on Showcase. I believe I set my PR yeah, the other yeah, day showcase. for Showcase yep. uh, television, which carried it last year. Um, but I'm, if crazy. anybody has any answers, anybody who listens to this, hit me up and let me know because um, I know some CW shows here in Canada are shown uh, day after on Netflix, so I'll be checking that out to see if that's where it turns up. Uh, iZombie does that. Black Lightning does that. So maybe that's where it's headed. But right now, mm-hmm. it had its premiere last night uh, on CW and had no premiere on Canadian television on a Canadian really? network. Huh. So, where have you gone, Flash? Gone on a Flash? Not for Canadian audiences, clearly. Right. So, yeah, I see it here. Nora this is the first episode. Yeah, I mean, again, you can find it on... You know, I'm sure you can get it off iTunes. I'm sure you can get it off of um, less than appropriately uh, obtained services. Uh, but <laughs> as far as, again, last year, I believe it was on CTV2, CTV here in Canada. Um, um, the Canadian version of Netflix just got the first four seasons of Flash dropped all at once so people could catch up. Maybe that's a precursor to them now carrying it live just like they did for um, iZombie, for Black Lightning, and some of the... Uh, Riverdale does that here in Canada. There's like a lot of popular CW shows are being picked up straight by Netflix as part of a partnership here, which is great. But um, again, even if it's airing a day later, and I had this problem with Black Lightning and uh, iZombie, 
zombie. The blogosphere is merciless, and so you have to stay away from it for that yeah. whole extra day if you're getting it a day late here north of the border. Um, I don't, I can't stress this enough. I know we talked about it here, and I've talked about it everywhere. Anyone will listen to me for the last like 15 years. When will they get it through their thick heads? You cannot put up walls anymore to keep content within the United States or outside of other countries. You know, we had this problem with a lot of shows where they were like, oh, it's going to air six weeks later in Canada. Even Killing Eve, one of the hottest shows this year, uh, aired in the United States like three months before it aired here in Canada. That's a joke. You can't do that anymore. Like, who is respecting that? Like, that's crazy. Uh, So hopefully that is not the case, but it is pretty pervasive that we're still seeing inexcusable delays in non-real-time content. Kudos to our friends at BBC and Space for doing an exact time Mm -hmm. release of Doctor Who. It aired uh, in North America, live on television at the same time as it did making its premiere in England. Um, That's great. Like, why, why not? Why not? That was my rant. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I just noticed here that they do list it on IMDb that it, it broadcast on in the U.S. and U.K. and Germany, but it doesn't. It never said anything about where it broadcast in Canada for even for previous episodes. So, oh well. I will uh, let you all know in an update, and I'll be happy to uh, tweet about it if I find out. But if anybody has any clues in the meantime, hit me up. Sure, sure. All right. Anyway, we have to wrap it up. We're we're way over time here. Um. So, uh, that's it for another week. So, or I guess that's it for another little while we'll be back uh, after the next uh, short cast i believe spark sorry what do you call it short track uh back <laughs> we'll be back after the next short track um jaime if people want to get a hold of you on the interwebs wherever they look i'm on twitter as at dev with the hair all right and jonathan if people want to get a hold of you uh you can find me on twitter as at jpk news and can't they also read some of your reviews on um the cineplex thing or something yep uh just had a piece up last week on uh what to expect from Venom. If you have not already taken the plunge into going to see Venom, you can uh, find my work at cineplex.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few different pieces there. I had a nice, fun time previewing the Meg as well, and uh, lots of lots of little tidbits on there if you're interested. Cool. Alright, and my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. So, until next month, <laughs> we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That concludes another episode of SpotCast, streamed to you via subspace signal. I'm friend of the show, Greg Keo, joining you from Sector 001. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the SpotCast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with your Star Trek nerd hosts on the website or follow them on Twitter. They're at SpotCast. If you have feedback or questions, send them a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending it to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount of gold press latinum at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help them out on the website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Wishing you peace and long life. Gonna say, hmm, what was it? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, it was related to something we were just talking about, but it wasn't going to fit in the show. So, oh man, it's gone. Lost and gone forever. Oh well, I'll remember later. And I'll go, oh. So yeah, there's a new trailer for, for the second season of Disco. You have to look it up. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's got a Spock up. moment in there, but it's it's a long trailer. Like, I, I guess they put it up a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty expansive. Like, I felt like I actually had a sense of what they were going to do, not just like a bunch of random scenes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, the, 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 um, the thing about Maniac where they were being grilled um, in the, with the white room or whatever. Did you ever watch Journey to the Far Side of the Sun, Jonathan? Or is that still in your pile of movies to watch? Well, you know, you don't do a great job selling it when you're like, man, it's one of the worst sci-fi movies you'll ever it's see. It's not Take one of the, the worst two hours sci-fi movies. It's a very it. interesting movie. <laughs> it just, it was, you, no, you, say, just, you keep saying it's an example of how bad sci-fi was before no, Star Wars. No, 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 no. Sci-fi was way, better, way worse than that. That was actually a pretty good movie, surprisingly. Like, I'm just, it's, my point is that's what movies were like before. Before Star Wars came out, right? Yeah. You know, and it's actually it's it's the guy who did Thunderbirds. It's Jerry Jerry what's it, Anderson, right? So that was a state of the art. You know, that you is not barely a selling see the strings for anyone the but you. Falcon. Just putting that out there. Hmm? That, that is not a selling feature for anyone but you. You're you're the devotee of uh, that show, Thunderbirds. What, yeah. Well, but by the same token, though, I mean, like next time you okay, here's a spoiler for you. Next time you watch 2001: A Space Odyssey, and you you know the the little round thing that the the pod that attacks. Frank in the movie, mm-hmm. right? Next time you watch that, remember this. It's a cardboard cutout being moved towards the screen really quickly. Yeah. It's not a model. <laughs> and so next time you watch that movie, just watch for the cardboard cutout moving towards the screen. And then you'll see what I'm talking about. That's what That was state of the art. That was Stanley freaking Kubrick quality, yeah, what, right? What, movie, what year did that come out? Like 1967? Nine, yeah, 68 or something like that, yeah. Uh, like, for sure. Okay. They hadn't even landed on the moon yet, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if you ever seen it... Well, exactly. Like I was telling you, before you like you just like walking in an ashtray and if you ever get the chance to go to the smithsonian smithsonian and see the lunar module that they have on display there it's freaking tinfoil yeah. like you know it's like they, they couldn't even afford canvas no they, they, they could afford canvas but yeah, it was 10 times heavier and would have been harder to get into space right no it's true like they, they they literally went like like there were parts of the ship where the astronauts so they if they weren't careful they could have put their foot through the side of the limb right so <laughs> Yeah. It was like camping on the moon, literally. You know, yeah. They weren't they weren't glamping, which is a new word I learned a couple of weeks glamping, ago. Yeah. I put that anyway. trailer up on our uh, on our Slack, so you can have a look at cool. tra- trailer too. It came out last weekend for uh, NYCC, the New York Comic Con was last. Oh, weekend. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the they put up a new trailer to go with that. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of little, little nice little teasers, including a good close look at our weird new bearded Spock. Cool. All right. Cool. Gotta go. Okay. Take care, guys. Have fun in Ottawa. When you, you're coming back Thursday, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow night. To full day of meetings here, and then uh, hop on the five thirty plane home. So I bought a ticket for Friday for First Man, but anyway. That's fine. You have a good time. Seven p.m. All right. Yeah. Seven fifteen actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. See you around. See you, mate. See you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.